Greetings and welcome to the Take One Security Podcast. My name is Daniel Meisler and this podcast is me reading and commenting on InfoSec headlines all in one take. There will be no preparation, no editing, and very little post-production. Goal is to simply give people a way to audibly consume security news with a bit of analysis in less than 15 minutes. Today's April 7th, 2015, and let's get started. So Singtel purchased Trustwave uh, just a few hours ago, actually. They announced it for something around $810 million. Sort of yet another uh, big name in security testing, uh, kind of elite security groups that have just either fragmented or been purchased and uh, kind of disappeared. Uh, a little bit sad. Uh, you can't help but wonder if eventually everything's going to just be owned by, you know, Nabisco and, uh, you know, all the big companies. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with uh, the traditional security companies like Symantec and McAfee. It just seems like uh, they're destined to be purchased as well or, or to break apart and disappear. It's uh, interesting news. So Snowden did an interview with John Oliver or John Oliver conducted an interview with uh, Snowden. And I guess this was a couple of days ago. It was a pretty interesting interview. Uh, John Oliver is just phenomenal, but this, uh, this raised the bar quite a bit, I think, even for his show. Um, first of all, he went all the way to Russia, and he was right across the street from the old KGB office, which is pretty cool. And um, they basically talked about the the regular stuff but john oliver was really good at uh asking questions that not many people had asked him in the past he was kind of aggressive but the whole time he was doing it he was being funny it was very disarming um and it was kind of strange to have snowden laughing and smiling so much i I mean, it's, I didn't fault him for it, but it was just really weird to be making light of such a serious situation, especially since, you know, a lot of people consider his safety to be in danger or he could, many people consider him a traitor. Uh, and here they are exchanging, you know, dick jokes. It was actually pretty interesting. He uh, Oliver got him to frame the entire argument in the context of dick jokes um, or dick pics. Uh, it, was, it was really interesting. Um, but what was cool was he really hit him on the concept of like, did you look at everything you released? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I read every single page. And that, that was a quote from some other time in 2013 or something, or maybe it was 2014, there was a quote where he said he did read every single thing. And then Oliver was like, well, there were millions of documents. Are, did you read every single one? And he was like, well, no, I, I, I was aware of what I was releasing. So it was kind of a back off from the previous statement. I don't think it was a big gotcha or anything, but it was a really, you know, heavy interview. It was real journalism, uh, which I don't think we've had from too many sources who've interviewed him. Um, so it was, uh, it was a good show. I definitely recommend you watch the whole thing. It's on 
on YouTube, I believe, now at this point. So uh, Checkpoint purchased Lacoon, which is an Israeli mobile uh, startup uh, that did uh, mobile security. So basically they do uh, risk assessments and security assessments uh, of apps, which, uh, by the way, uh, my group does as well, Fortify and Demand. But uh, evidently they find vulns in mobile apps and stuff, and Checkpoint went and bought them. I think just very recently, maybe today, they announced it. And uh, it's really interesting. I feel like we see with Palo Alto, we see with Checkpoint, we see with, you know, Sophos, everyone seems to be racing for the same exact thing, which is control over the whole ecosystem. Um, you look at mobile vendors as well, like Mobile Iron and AirWatch. Everyone wants to control the endpoint. They want to control network filtering. They want to have something on the servers to also control policy and plus they have a brain that you know manages all the pieces it's like whoever started out like as a firewall or as an endpoint protection or whatever now they're going and building all the other pieces and it just seems like all the big players like you know hp and ibm and cisco and oracle and microsoft i guess all these people really have the advantage because they're already in the network and they're already in the enterprise uh, with all this access. And I just wonder, you know, at what point do the small players realize that they can't really get that traction, um, or at least they can't they can't hold on to it for long because the bigger players will simply come out with a version of what they do or purchase them, and it will just all fold together into this bigger thing um but it, it's interesting to watch you know rsa coming up next month to see how these smaller groups fold into the larger ones so uh last week china basically melted github um they man in the middle baidu traffic and modified its analytics javascript so uh they basically for people who were browsing baidu unencrypted they modified the JavaScript that was in the Baidu um, analytics uh, content, uh, little little piece at the end of the HTML. They modified it to constantly request to anyone who you know had that JavaScript run in their browser. They would constantly request um, these two sites on GitHub, and they were actually two repos that were related to mirroring um, prohibited content in China. So it was a political attack. China was basically saying, you cannot host this, and we're going to point all of Baidu at you um, as a result, um, which is just unbelievable. I mean, this is a, a government basically said, I don't like what you're doing, and we're going to attack another country as a result. Um, and the balls to just get up there and, and say they didn't do it. They have no idea what we're talking about. And when Obama sits down with them and says, hey, you know, we've just got to stop with this cybersecurity stuff. And they're like, yeah, I just have no idea what you're talking about. It's uh, super annoying. Um, and I hope we can do something about it soon. Um, on that note, Obama just came out and said that if someone attacks us, 
uh, in, I guess, in a cyber way, which is sounds silly to even say, but if they attack us, you know, digitally or using this type of attack, um, we will sanction them. Um, and I, I'm not sure exactly how that works when China makes everything we use. Um, and they could just sit in front of us and sit in front of the world and say, yeah, we didn't do that. Even though everyone knows they have this group dedicated to, to doing exactly that um, with documented cases of it happening. So, I mean, they're just going to lie, pretend it's not happening. They're going to continue to do it. And then we're going to continue, presumably, to say nothing and do nothing about it because, you know, we're, we're in bed with them uh, manufacturing-wise. So it seems pretty sad. I, I don't know what all these word combinations are ultimately going to yield. Um, we also just found out that Russia hacked us and gained access to, like, Obama's travel schedule and uh, itinerary and stuff like that uh, through that State Department hack that happened a while back. So Russia, China, whatever. Um, maybe we should put some sanctions on Russia, see how that works. Um, major vulnerability was revealed in in-gate routers used in the United States and Europe. Basically, really bad attack allows attackers to browse and write to the root file system of the devices, change configurations, uh, distribute malware, presumably, you know, spoof DNS, um, you know, pretend that bankofamerica.com is at another IP address or whatever. Um, most, most of the routers were used in U.S. and European hotels. Um, but it's a pretty big deal. Um, someone was actually looking on the internet. I think they used Showdown for it, but, uh, definitely something to think about when you're, uh, at a hotel or any sort of public place like that. Um, attackers are compromising IRS accounts in large numbers. Uh, you should probably go and claim your account and set up good security on it, uh, before someone just goes and spoofs you. Uh, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is uh, featuring friends. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to do this every week or, or every time I do this, but I basically want to call out a, a friend of mine who's uh, awesome for various reasons and sort of just go through people I know and do this. And I want to start with uh, a close friend of mine uh, named Brooks Garrett. So he's a friend, um, also a co-worker, uh, going back around eight years. We met at Aflac and uh, currently work at HP together. And uh, without a doubt, smartest IT guy that I've ever known. Uh, super sick programmer, um, crazy strong with Linux, database, networking, pretty much everything, full stack, just really, really solid uh, IT person. He's also a volunteer firefighter, and he blogs at uh, brooksgarrett.com, and that's two R's and two T's. Um, his latest posts are things like remote streaming with Pi and MPD, uh, Nagios SMS alerts with Amazon SNS, cleaning passwords from logs, fixing OMIZSH prompts and putty. So it's got a heavy 
sort of sysadmin focus because um, that's largely what he does, but he's also really good at, um, like I said, development and uh, security as well. His Twitter is Brooks Garrett, um, just first name, last name, again, two R's and two T's. And if you're not following his stuff, uh, you really should be. So that's it for this episode. Hope it's been worth your time. You can find these headlines as well as more InfoSec, philosophy, and politics content at danielmiesler.com.